Welcome to Your Valuable Home, the weekly podcast for listeners who believe that residential real estate is the way to build wealth. Hi, I'm Kevin Kennedy, a working contractor and host of Your Valuable Home. Your Valuable Home is for homeowners and investors alike who want to acquire and improve real estate based upon educated decisions. And I'm Ron Milk, Your Valuable Home producer and co-host. Our weekly one-hour podcast is not about doing it yourself. It's about hiring the right contractor to do the right job at the right price. And it's not about flipping. It's about buying and holding to build wealth. Homeowners and investors who strive to create wealth and financial freedom with real estate and avoid costly home improvement mistakes your valuable home is for you the project replay made redoing our kitchen and bath trouble free your horror stories have kept us from hiring the wrong contractors the college segments have taught us how to keep toxins out of our home what to look for in replacement windows how to borrow sensibly against home equity and more college teaches investors like me how to freshen up my rentals without spending a fortune their suggestions are great for roi it's time for your valuable home Hi, we're back again, and we've got a great show lined up for you today. Kev? We're going to have a returning client that you come on. Uh, she was on previously a couple weeks ago talking about, wait to hear about this kitchen. It's done. It looks great. They finally got to see a final product. And then we, uh, we're going to talk about a, another bad horror story, but it's going to be a little more of an Never a shortage of horror stories. No, story. I tell you. Never. People do get a little shy to come on, but uh, we do have somebody that's coming on that's going to be talking about the kitchen, but I know we've got a great college coming up. We've got a phenomenal college. If you're thinking about putting a roof on, we're going to be talking about the do's and the many don'ts of roofing with two top people from GAF. So let's get to the replay. Great kitchen that we did, I tell you. I think it was the first time I put an elevator, or a lift as we're going to call it, inside a house, and we're going to talk about that because we are uh, prepped to do it. The kitchen's done. And Leslie, thanks for coming on your Valuable Home podcast and talking about it. You're very welcome. We talked in the beginning about how uh, the progress is working out. Everything's moving quite well. I, I'm presuming that uh, we had done the complete job already. We're just waiting for the countertops now. Tell us what you thought about the whole process from start to finish. Not having gone through a project this big before, especially with mom, she's getting older, I was a little bit skeptical and a little bit cautious about moving forward. I knew, again, it was going to be a big upheaval for her. But from start to finish, Kevin, I think we were both pleasantly surprised because when you were texting us, it was actually like we were reading a play-by-play or a script as to what you were going to do. So I was able to sit down with my mom either the night before or speak with her and sort of get her pumped up about doing this. It was very easy for us to do because everything that you were going to do was right in front of us. And even after you got through that one day, we could see exactly what you had accomplished the exact next day. Like I said, it was like we were reading a script or a play-by-play book. That made her feel very good that we didn't have to keep guessing about when anybody was going to show up or what they were going to do. Kevin, you were always really nice about uh, talking to my mom ahead of time also to put her mind at ease a little bit because I think, Kevin, you also felt a little bit of trepidation in her voice a couple of times. It was a big project, but it moved along very seamlessly, Kevin. I think the fact that you sent us all those text messages with exactly what you were doing Even when we were in Florida, we were able to see, okay, tomorrow Kevin is going to do X, Y, and Z. And by the time we get home, it's going to be like a a whole different room for you. So it was a very nice transition for her. And after everything got done on a particular day, we could see exactly what was done. We knew what was going to happen, and that was very easy for both of us. 
Yeah, communication's big in this industry. Uh, if you say you were going to do something, do it. It's it's not that hard. I, even when I said from the beginning, I said when we started talking about it a few months ago, I know it was slow on my end say, to get some emails out to you because I I didn't have the plan in front of me. And every time I sent that plan out to everybody, like listen, I talked to seven contractors. They all said eighteen weeks. There's no way you're getting done uh, in three to four weeks. It just doesn't happen this way. And I'm like, well, this is what's normal. Uh, you're dealing with something that's not normal, 18 weeks. This is what should be done. It doesn't take that long to do all this. Mm-hmm. As you can see, yeah, Dave and I, I came in and did it, and we, uh, we got to the point where we got done right on schedule. Everything that we said is done and ready to go. But we want to walk you through, our listeners, on how this kitchen looked. Just what, yeah, we want to get into that. But just a point, I mean, anybody who's thinking about doing a kitchen, they should demand that from the contractor. What's the plan for the kitchen so that we know exactly what's happening when? Make sense? To me, it does. Leslie, did you feel comfortable with what I had offered and, and told you about how I'm going to do step-by-step, play-by-play, day-by-day? Oh, absolutely. That's, that's what made the transition so easy for us. We knew it was going to be a big move, especially putting the elevator in for my mom, but you made it very easy. You made it seamless for us, and you put my mom's mind at ease. We had Plus, a great time. Liked, <laughs> you got it along very well with her. Like you said, communication is, uh, is a big key to this, especially with my mom. She's 85 years old. And you made her life very easy. She made my so my son and I lunch yesterday. I got to tell you, she she made us lunch. She made us hamburgers yesterday. She came in. She's like, I got your guys lunch. Like, what do you mean you got lunch? She's like, I made you guys lunch. I felt bad. I said, you don't have a kitchen. Now, she does have accessibility. She have a, a little apartment next door inside the garage that was built years and years ago. But I thought it was just cool. We laugh every day with her. And, and that's what I tell all the people that I deal with. You're getting me. That's the point. You're getting me every day on site. And there's one thing your mom was saying was nice to have me there, Dave, there every day, just to put her mind at ease, just if she did have any questions. Because a lot of times, a lot of these horror stories that call in, we call it the SNS. And I told you before, for our new listeners, salesmen and subs. Like when I came out, you and I met a couple times over the, the course of three, four months. And I said, listen, you're getting me. That's what you're getting. You're getting here every day. I'm going to be doing the ripping, the painting, the the cabinet install, the door installation. That's what you're getting with us. Absolutely, Kevin. From the very beginning, my mom and I even said to ourselves, geez, you know, Kevin's a really nice guy. He likes to talk because we sat around out back by our pool. You did a lot of talking. And I thought to myself, geez. You know, Ron's over here making gestures at me right now. No, you know, you know what, Leslie? I think you set a bad precedent here. He's probably after the job's done. He's probably going to show up for lunch every day. That's all right, Mom will not lie. She loves having company. We'll lug it even more in our new kitchen. Oh yeah, no, he's over here making gestures. I talk a lot, which I think I do. It's one of the problems I do. No. Have to talk. <laughs> but we did. That's okay because when you do that, that put my mom at ease. You know, it's not like she had to. It was not like she was pulling teeth trying to get information out of you. You were very forthcoming about it. And any questions my mom had, or if she wanted, if she was not comfortable with something you were doing, you always were there to say, "Okay, we don't have to do it this way. What do you want us to do? And we will do it." And yeah. that also makes me feel good. You know that you weren't just saying. This, this, and this, and this is how it's going to be. Yeah, I, I told her, I always say to her, whose home is this, mine or yours? Well, it's mine. Okay, <laughs> then we're going to do what you want. <laughs> but I, I tell You're you. You're our new adopted son. I, I'm one of there them. There you but go. Her and Dave, my former Dave, they get along so well. I, I just, I was actually painting the shaft, the elevator shaft, and the door was closed because it drops. Like where you walk in right now, there's, the elevator's not there. It drops down to the, the basement. 
So I'm down there. And you wouldn't I'm want to try to take the elevator then, right? Not right now. Yeah, not right now. They were out yesterday, I believe, to, to do the final walkthrough template, and everything's ready to go, they said. So uh, they're within a week to get that done. But our ends, like I said, we're waiting for the countertops. So I'm down there, and I'm down there. And these two are belly roll laughing. I can hear them up there just laughing about everything that's going on. And I said, that's that's what you need as a contractor, because when you're doing a job, you don't want somebody that's going to be stiff, that's going to be cold, that's going to tell you what to do. They're going to get upset if you make a change in plans. And we're not like that. And your contractor that you hire, you've got to feel comfortable with that contractor, because if you don't feel comfortable with them, you're going to put a lot of money out. And if you're not going to be happy with that job, it's going to be a nightmare. And you're going to be on edge the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted to because. For me to say, hey, listen, I'm going to get done at that time. And again, I'm going to go back. Leslie, how much money did I take when we signed the contract? I don't recall writing out anything or giving you a dollar. Yep. We started the job. Did I take any money? No, absolutely not. That's the trust factor I build with the homeowners. Because I guess I've been in business for 31 years. I have that availability. But that's a more of assurance of guarantee that I'm going to do the right job because I'm not collecting money. And then homeowners feel much better because they're not putting that money out because everybody today, you hear the horror stories, they, they give all this money up front and this is the problem. Once they got the money, yeah, I'll get the in three weeks when we get back to the job. And it doesn't work that way. The best way to get referrals, not online, not anything, it's getting uh, referrals from homeowners that you've done work for. That's the best sales you can possibly Oh, I agree get. with you 100%. Yeah. Having said that, Kevin, even before you started the actual project to it, I was reading um, a newspaper, you know, my newspaper, and I was always picking out articles for her about contractors that would come into people's homes, and the people would end up not being able to find these contractors and suing them for taking their money and just leaving the job. So it was very comforting to mother that you kept reiterating that you do not require any money up front. That made her feel very good. That's a common story. We've talked to people in DA's office in uh, New Jersey and Pennsylvania, and you would not believe the amount of stories like that that are out there. I sent four articles about that. I take them over to her house, and I say, but, but at this point, Mother, I feel comfortable with Kevin. We don't have to worry about this. But these are horror stories that these people have. They're trying to locate these people to either sue them or put them in jail to get the work done. These people have put out tens of thousands of dollars, and the guy just disappears. They're never going to get their money back. These people end up hiring other people and paying them again after having lost tens of thousands of dollars already. Hmm. Yeah, so the moral of that story is watch how much cash somebody somebody's asking for up front because uh, if it's a lot, chances are you're going to have an uh-oh at the back end. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But it was, just, it was seamless for us, and we were very comfortable. And, you know, I keep saying, you know, my mom's a worry for it, but that made her feel very good. I tell you, I didn't see that. After working for the three and a half weeks we were there, it, it was great. She didn't seem nervous about it, uh, and she did have any questions. It was great. She wanted to clean out like her uh, the back room the, where the pool area is, where the garage was, and I said to my son, go help her. So it just kept her mind off of it. We got the area cleaned up, uh, and that's what I said. This is what we do. I told you from the beginning, this is what we're going to do. It's going to be so easy for you. And this is what our contractors, when we kind of educate them and say, hey, listen, there's what you should be doing for the homeowners. But not not many people do get this. I know you were out for a couple of weeks and you weren't at the house. We got the kitchen done. The drywall's up. The the floor went down. The, the cabinets are in. We got the template. Did you see a massive change in that kitchen redo? Oh, absolutely. I even teased Mother, I said, because I buy stuff on Amazon. I already have a photo album picked out for her. It's going to be her new coffee table book, and it's going to be... Page by page, from when you very very first started the kitchen, on a 
day or every other day, we took pictures. So we're going to make a photo album from start to finish, meaning before and after. So we can see the transition, and it's something we can talk about. I even said to Mother, I said, six months from now, we're going to say to ourselves, geez, I don't really remember what my old kitchen looked like, and why didn't we do this sooner? Well, I still got those bumps on my head from that fish tank that was in the middle of the uh, <laughs> the two walls there. When you went to her basement, these steps, I'm telling you, this fish tank was just in the middle of the way. And I and she, Connie's like, listen, before you go down, watch your head. Boom, whacked my head. I'm telling you, I had like three Tom and Jerry. Where was it, in the stairway? It was built into the stairway. Oh, so okay. <laughs> you're walking down, you're going to hit it. And even when you think about yeah, if it you hit it. Walking back up the steps. It was a six-foot fish tank built into the wall, but it protruded on the other side of the wall where the steps go down into the basement. Yeah. And I still have my double hernia. I'm I'm always (laughs) going to have that memory of a double hernia lifting that thing out and putting it in the dumpster because I'm the one that had to do that. But what I love the most is that when I start looking at the older pictures and how that kitchen before was so small and then taking them walls out – Connie really didn't get the gist of how everything was going to look. And that's, I think, was her biggest worry was once everything's... And they were load-bearing walls, right? These were load-bearing walls. So you had to reinforce it. Everything was reinforced, Mm -hmm. inspected. Everything went like clockwork. I know the inspector very well, and he knows what he's going to get from me. There's no shortcuts with us. And here's another little bit of advice for our, our listeners. When a contractor is trying to get an inspector in and pull him out quick, they're trying to hide something. With me... When your mom was uh, there for the first one, I'm like, oh, come on, Greg, let me show you what I did here. And I'm telling the inspector, no, let me show you this. Look at the work I did over here. Hey, by the way, I did all this extra stuff over here. Did you see that? He goes, yeah, I see it. Because he knows I get excited to show him the quality of work we're doing. People don't see the right. under what we don't do. That's what the inspectors are there for. The homeowners are seeing the finish, the the spritz, that nice look that it's going for. But if it's not done right from the beginning, we're going to have some issues. And that's what inspectors are. That's why people should be getting these permits so an inspector can look at it. So to make sure it's done right, because that's what people see in the end. I want to make sure that you're good from start to finish. Well, you touched on a point here. I mean, if, if people were thinking about, if our audience, people in our audience are thinking about either, do I stay in place or do I move in 2021? By remo- removing a wall that formed a small kitchen, you can transform the whole feel of your house, the down- downstairs part of your house, right? Mm-hmm. So it might be something for a lot of people to consider thinking about moving. And this is a tough climate to move in now because of the short supply of real estate. That it's a seller's is. market. Yeah, yeah, that it is. So I started posting pictures on my Facebook to Kevin Kennedy and uh, Your Valuable Home and my Instagram, which is VSP Home Remodeling, Your Valuable Home. So those pictures are up there so people can get a gist of what we're going to be talking about as we go through this. But I tell you, the biggest change that I said to Connie said is the floor, once it goes in, you're going to see a world of difference. Because she had different tips of plywood that were down, and we had to repair over the steps. And she said, you are absolutely right. So we just got the uh, the countertop and the backsplash to do, and the elevator's going to go in. We're going to have him back one more time with the final and uh, talk about how much he loves the kitchen. You can wrap it up. All right, Leslie, thanks for coming again to Your Valuable Home Podcast. Thank you, Leslie. And we'll be talking real soon. All right, right now it's time for the horror story. I know we're going to be talking with the guys from GF coming up and talking about roofing, but here's something to tap on to that we, somebody just called in, sent me the pictures on, and they said, uh, hey, we have a little bit of an issue here. Uh, can you just walk it through? We just had a contractor install some windows. Uh, they're going to be wrapping up tomorrow. just want to make sure it's done proper. Uh, we thought we'd give you a call to help us walk through. And I said, all right, well, let's walk me through the situation. Uh, they just had stucco issues, and they had the stucco removed. Uh, and I said, well, listen, you, that, that's great. Was there any damage? She said, right under the windows, it was, they were completely gone. It was, everything was rotted out. Everything, studs and, uh, gone. And the OSB, probably OSB. The OSB was completely shot. Yeah, yeah. 
And I'll be posting these pictures. But w- when I started going into it a little bit further, I said, so what wind did you replace it with? It was quiet. What do you mean? What's the question? She's like, you have to replace your windows? I said, well, that's one of the reasons why you're doing it. But most of the time, the stuck with situations where I find problems, it's the window. The window itself fails. And that welded joint inside the window, when it fails, it allows water to get behind the stucco. So the that vinyl, window vinyl be, windows, right? They, they were vinyl windows. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they were definitely vinyl windows. So she's like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, worst case scenario is if that window had failed, that's your problem. So sometimes it's not really the stucco, but I see a lot of the damage that's occurred from those windows. There was nowhere else on your house there was problems. She said, absolutely not. It was just under the windows. I said, so then what they're doing right now is not going to help you when you put the vinyl siding on. Those windows are still going to leak behind the vinyl siding. People are just, they're, they're fabulous. I said, I'm telling them this. So I said, well, listen, here's what you need to do at this point. If they're going to start siding, they're going to get wrap it up and they're going to be finishing everything up. You can still use those same existing leaky windows in your place. I'm telling her this and she couldn't believe what I'm telling her. I said, listen, here's why. We know that window's leaking. That window still needs to be pulled, whether it's an old window or a new window, it's got to be properly flashed, which I use a Tyvek flex wrap or I wrap it up the sides and build the sill pan and, and do it sill. that way. You wrap it over the sill too. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's wrapped over now the, the Tyvek. Right. So they replaced the wood. They did that, showed me the pictures. They did a good job with that. But once you fix the problem, you're not stopping the problem. And if they never pulled the windows, it's going to be a bigger issue. She said, well, some of the windows are done, but they put this rubber around the windows. I said, can you send some pictures over to me? And I said, this is where it's gotten worse for you. When they leak, vinyl windows leak, you'll see there's a, a cartridge or a chamber below that vinyl window. And what that does is that when rain hits them corners, it drops into the chamber. And then there's these two slots at the bottom. They're the drip holes or the weep holes. The water's going to come out the below that. comes out, right. In these circumstances, those welds break at the corners of the vinyl windows. When it breaks, it allows that water to penetrate inside the house. So it is going to get into the house. What flashing does is that it prevents it from doing any damage. That rubber on that sill is going to allow that hit the rubber and then drain properly away because the back of it, usually I like the little kick up or use that spray foam insulation that's watertight and airtight and it seals itself to the rubber in the window. So there's only one way for this to go and it's going to be out. So how long will that rubber last? If you don't put it in the sun, a direct sun, you could probably get about 50 years out of these products. Oh, okay. So you're yeah. going to be fine with it. But here's where they did it wrong. And I told her, listen, go on Tyvek's website. They didn't use Tyvek. But the reason why I use it, because it's a great product. Yes, it is more expensive. But what they did is they actually applied a rubber over top of the nailing flange on the bottom. So now that water that's getting trapped behind there can't get out. So I told her, when you look at the website, you'll see that the flashing of the rubber is applied to the sill. It's wrapped over the underlayment outside. And it runs up the walls in one continuous piece. That's why I use flex. Then from there, that window, there's a nailing flange. So it's going to be the nailing flange over top of that area. So it allows water to get out because that's where the water is going to be. You need that water from moisture or water that's going to penetrate in it needs to get out. It's got to go escape somewhere. And that's why when you put that in the new window, you don't caulk the bottom of that flange. You caulk the sides and top of the flange and you glue it into that wall. And then you put the rubber over top of that flange on top and sides, but not at the bottom. It needs a place to escape. They actually applied that rubber over top of that nailing flange on the bottom. Now there's nowhere for it to escape. It's just going to build up inside the house. So it's, it's now it's worse in than the ever. Wall. In, in the wall. In the wall. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's where it's going to be. And I told her from this situation, but she was just still trying to get the grasp of me talking about, I can still use leaky old windows. I said, absolutely. I said, I told her about one of my buddies, um, it was about three years ago. We 
had his windows at his house that were there were some issued ones and he said listen i'm, I'm going to be selling this house very soon uh, maybe i'll replace a couple of the windows i said well then somebody's going to know there's an issue you have 25 year old vinyl windows and you have two brand new windows so what i would recommend doing is our, our pull the windows we'll fix the rod we'll fix the insulation and drywall we'll document it because i don't want to give any homeowner any future problems <laughs> flash it correctly we'll put that same leaky window back in and you're not going to have a problem i said look don't pay me you can wait a month just to make sure because every time it rains it's like a bucket of water coming inside his house well we did the job we got it completed the rain every year around may floods water coming in not a drop of water and it's been three years and still not a drop of water. And you put the old windows in? Same old windows the existing back in. existing windows, let's say. Yeah. Because I know they're going to be leaking, but it's that application that I'm putting down. So if a window does ever fail, these proper steps that we put in place, you're not going to have a problem. So you saved them a bucket of money. I just saved her a boatload of money. How many Absolutely. windows do they have in the house? 13 windows. 13 windows. Yeah, 13 so that's a nice windows. chunk of change. Yeah, well, it's 13 units. There's a couple of twin units that were in there also. But yeah, if you're going to put a new construction-based window in, if you go vinyl, you're going to save some money. If you go a new construction it is going to cost more, but it's that fact and that, that fear that people think stucco's the ultimate problem, and it's not. You're dealing with more of issues where if that window flashing is not done correctly, if the underlayment's not done correctly, you're going to have a problem. And this is the problem they have, but they made it worse by putting that, that rubber over top of the bottom of the nailing flange, not the top of the bottom. So there's no way for this to escape. It's and I've seen it done right a ton of times. Go, go right into the house. Oh, yeah. The first show we did, I was talking about it, and I, I just remember a couple of the neighbors had some work done. Every one of them done it wrong. And I, they came up, and I, I chatted with them, like, oh, you live down there. Hey, why are you doing it that way? Well, that's what we were told to do. I said, who told you to do that? You can actually go on a certain, like Tyvek, I told him, if you go on that, they're going to tell you the proper application. Now, I put Marvin Windows in uh, Bob's house on our first show, uh, and it's it's the same process. Marvin's going to be talking about how to properly install that window. So you're going to listen to me, you know, take whatever, you know, winning awards and TV and radio magazine, take that out of the way, go on the Marvin website and see how they install the windows. It's not the way you're doing it, but this is the way I did it. So I walked him onto the property and showed him exactly what we're going to be doing and how it works. And for all these years that I've been doing with the rubber, I've never had a problem. Let me ask you this. We've got time for one more question. You do a lot of windows, correct? Correct. A lot of windows every year for every year for the last 30 years, correct? Mm -hmm. How many, when you pull them, how many have been done right? Probably nine out of ten are done wrong. How's that? Everyone I see, I take pictures all the time. That's not a winning percentage. No, it's not a winning percentage. That's why the show is so needed right now to to educate our listeners to make sure you're going to be getting the right job. But yeah, get, let me know about your horror stories. Contact me at Kevin at yourvaluablehome.net. Send me an email. Send me some pictures. Come on the air. We'd love to hear your story. And stick with us. No breaks. No nothing. We're going right into a great featured segment about roofing. All right, Ron, now it's time for the college, our featured segment. And I tell you, it's one thing I've been waiting for this segment, and uh, I'll let you get into it. What have we got? Well, this is super topical because, as we all know, early uh, 2021, there was a tough winter, and there was ice damming, all sorts of problems with roofs all across the country. You got some of those calls, correct? Yeah, I got a lot of those calls. Right. So we've got with us somebody who's not new to the show, Jeff Seiler, a territory manager with GAF, and Herb Van Gent, Director of Northeast Field Services. They're both with us today to discuss the many considerations, many considerations of having a new roof installed. Herb, welcome to your valuable home. Jeff, welcome back. Let's get right into it, okay? Yeah, before we even get started, I tell you, Jeff was on when we were on radio. It was about yep. a, not, not, less not than a year ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. back in the last summer during COVID, but... Uh, 
we've been talking about this, one of the segments we're going to be doing about the ice damming and mm-hmm. was one of the big problems, but I've been saying this for years and years and years. And then for five, six years, you know, people are like, eh, look, it's not going to happen around here. It's not a big deal. Well, and it then, did. boom, it hit. It so did. everything I've been preaching for the past five years, six years on the show, uh, well, we, we've just got it. So we're going to be talking about that also. So, all right, roofers, be prepared. Here, we, Here go. we go. Here we go. Well, we're going to take it from the top here. Besides geeking, how does a homeowner know when it's time to replace a roof? There's a couple uh, different things out there. Some of you'll see the shingles are starting to crack. You can see excessive granule loss. Maybe the mat's starting to show, that type of thing. So a lot of telltale signs. Correct. Or Correct. you're sick of the color. If you think about that, I mean, a lot of people are Fading color, yeah. yeah. Fading color. color. It's, it's an old shingle. They're looking for that new updated shingle, and that's what GAF offers. Or if you have a picture of you and Abraham Lincoln standing next to the house you probably the roof, get, yeah. you probably need a new roof, right? Is it worth it, or is it even practical to try to match shingles and replace part of a roof? Some people try and do it, but no, it's really not worth it. The issue there is the shingles weather over time. When you go try and match it up, it's not an exact match. Shingles have changed sizes over the years. Some are metric, so sometimes it's hard to match them up. What are the key things, and I was on your website, what are the key things to consider? I think there are about three or four of them when replacing a roof. Some of the key things are it's not just picking the shingle. It's choosing the correct contractor. After picking the contractor, you want to make sure a contractor is using a, a system. There's a lot of different manufacturers all for different things, and a lot of guys mix and match stuff out there. Where GAF's a little different. We have Weather Stopper five-part system is what we offer, and that's where you're using our ice and water, our ridge vent, our starters, our hips. It ties all into one system and one warranty. So, in other words, some people out there, some contractors are out there, it's a hodgepodge, right? Correct. Yeah, they're using my shingle with ridge vents or my competitor's ice and water. So, it's a big mix and match out there. And, you know, you really can't point a finger at one manufacturer or any points at each other, where if you use just one, there's one place to point. But in a case like that, so if something's wrong with a ridge vent, you get a lot of water in, what happens to a warranty? The big deal is the shingles, right? What happens with the warranty? You're saying if you mixed it, you weren't using my Yeah, if somebody's enough. doing a, a, a mix and match. If it's coming in from the ridge, we would not be responsible for that. It would be the manufacturer who produced that product. That's why it's better to tie a system in together, and then if you know it's ours, it would be on us. Yeah, that's just good advice going forward, because anything you do, you want to stick with, you you want to ride the same pony all the way through, right? That's the way I look at it anyway. You agree? Yeah, well, there's the the, the reason why these roofers are using different products is because they're cheaper. If you get a cheaper, less quality product, they're going to have problems. And that's what a lot of, that's why that's an uh-oh. That's an an uh-oh. I always tell people, listen, when you do a roof today, when are you doing the next roof? Two years, three years, or 50 years? It's going to be a big difference. And that's why this show is so important right now, Jeff really want to get into a, a lot of details about the roofing itself, and that's why we're, we're doing the show. Okay, so Jeff, what kinds of situations would void a roof warranty that people have to watch out for? So some of the different things would be if a contractor wasn't installing ice and water the proper way, improper flashing, so he's not putting ice and water vent, vent pipes, we like ears cut off in valleys. There's a lot of different things that we look at as considered a profile guidebook. We want to install a certain way, and then we stand behind our product. There's, there's a lot of guys out there that might be trying to take a shortcut, but um, in the long run, it doesn't pay off. I've heard this this argument go back and forth and back and forth. Uh, when somebody's doing roof uh, on, on a stucco-clad building, is it difficult to replace the flashing and put new flashing in, or is it is it okay to use what's there? I'm going to have Herb answer that. It can be difficult, but it uh, also can be done. And to answer the question, should you use or could you use what's there, we recommend replacing if it's not in, like, new condition. So if it's been on the building for 
40 years or so, it's not like new. It needs to be replaced. Yeah, but something's been there for like 15, maybe 18 years. You okay? Or is it marginal? It's marginal, and it's it's up, you know, job-to-job uh, type of situation. If it's in, like, new condition, there's no holes in it from fasteners, and it's a good-quality material, a, a good-quality heavy aluminum or copper, it could be reused. But if it's defective in any way, it would be wise to replace it. So that could be also the roofer that's going to be ripping the roof off. They've got to be very gingerly around those areas in stucco situations. I guess that's what you're talking about, Ron. It's primarily stucco, because that's the most difficult, I think, I think absolutely. Uh, to work with, yeah, Absolutely. Right? So, I mean, if you, if you're pulling off, uh, flashing and you, you pop the stucco, then you got a stucco problem too, right? You could open up a can of worms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But here, so Herb, I, I know this is more of your department. Uh, when you have a house, cause I've seen a lot of them over the past, I know Jeff and I have been talking about this. They have existing vinyl siding and there is a split level. You've got a, a few feet in between the two roofs. Would you recommend the roofer, uh, and he should price this in. I know it's going to cost more money to take that vinyl siding back. Pull it up at least 12 inches above that that siding. Run your ice and weather shield up the wall and then apply brand new flashing and then put an underlayment over top of that, which could be Tyvek or Tipar, and then side over top of that. Is that the best and most optimal way of doing a roof? You're 100% correct. That is the best way. We, we recommend that we have the ice and water barrier go up minimum of five inches up the wall. Mm-hmm. You're getting the uh, the best case scenario, yes. So, yeah, well, the reason why I brought that up is because over the past six months, uh, I've been gearing up for this and waiting to do another show. And, I, and I've been speaking with Jeff periodically through and taking some pictures of local roofers that are doing the jobs. They're leaving the existing flashing on. And I, I got to tell this one story where one of my neighbors uh, was getting a roof done by a, a roofer that was there. And I acted like I was uh, just a homeowner. So I went down, I started talking to him. And his guy was ripping the flashing up. And he's tearing apart the, the existing step flashing that's there. And uh, so I walked up and I said, wow, those those bundles look heavy. I, he's like, oh, you ought to come up. And I'm like, oh, I don't go on a roof. So he figured at this point, I'm just a homeowner. So I said, I got a question for you. You have existing flashing there. Why aren't you replacing? It looks pretty chewed up and uh, a little messed up. He goes, well, it's aluminum. I said, well, well, you have holes in it. He's like, well, yeah, but it's aluminum. It's not going to go anywhere. And I said, well, listen, I got another question for you. You have a standard weight roof. Uh, you're putting a metric shingle on, it's five and five eighths. So that means every five eighths, you're going to have an additional hole. Accumulating up to seven inches, you're going to need a new piece of step flashing because it's a bigger piece right there. He goes, where'd you learn that information? I'm like, ah, I listen to a radio show. I'm kind of a homeowner, but I like to listen to and get some great in- advice from these shows. Hey, I got another question for you. Uh, you have some ice and weather shield, and I see all that plywood. There's a big gap between the fascia and the uh, plywood. Could you talk to me about that? Was that installed correctly? He's like, absolutely. And I said, well, aren't you giving ice a path now? to get inside the house. So maybe you might want to bring that ice and weather shield down below the gutter, uh, remove the gutter. And he said, well, it's going to cost more money to do that. And I said, well, listen, if we have an ice damming problem, they're going to have a problem. They're not going to have a problem. He said, no, this is going back last October. Well, this past year, he came to me and said, I can't get a hold of the roofer that did the roof. I have massive ice damming problems, and it's a brand new roof. And I said, I told you that from the beginning. He did the ice and weather shield wrong. I know we're trying to jump it around a little bit with the flashing and the ice and weather shield, but that's one of the big things I definitely wanted to talk about, which we'll get into a little later. Yeah, I'd like to get back into both of those things. But what you're talking about in terms of going up the wall, you can do with wood, if the siding is wood, like cedar. You could do if it's vinyl siding, but you can't do it if it's stucco. So what is is that you just look for the best possible solution with stucco? Well, with me, I, what I would do is... Because you don't want to get into restuccoing yeah. and patching and Absolutely all that stuff. not. No. But what you can do is the roofer... I'm going back, and I'm, Jeff knows back years and years ago when I did roofing, I stopped in 1996. The roofer that's taking off that, that real ginger area around that uh, step flashing, 
pry those shingles off very gingerly. But then at that point, maybe try to slide maybe a 12-inch long strip of ice and weather shield along that tire wall to get underneath the flashing just for as much additional support as you can. Herb, do you agree with me on that? Yes, I do, 100%. So there, there are ways of getting around it. Because you're right. You can't open a can of worms if you start ripping apart that stucco and everything's going to be exposed. Uh, it, it, could it, be would be it would be a nightmare. It would be a nightmare. It would be a nightmare. Let's get back into the um, how to bring down the ice shield so that you don't have problems with water coming in as a result of ice damming. How exactly should that begin? Can you walk us through that again? Because we just went through a controversy on this. Kevin and I went back and forth on it, and I've heard a number of things. If you talk to an architect, they might tell you one thing. If you talk to Kevin, he'll tell you another. And I, I'm buying what Kevin's saying. So we got a stone tablet here, so we're going to chip this into stone when you give us the answer, Jeff. There is more than one way to install the ice and water. We do accept a couple of variations, one of which is what one of you gentlemen has said, take the gutter off, run it down the fascia, and then install your your metal drip edge. And ultimately, you can put the metal drip edge on first uh, directly to the plywood or or the wood deck and then attach the self-adhered ice barrier to that. We'll accept either method. Either method. But with the one method, this this raised a lot of conversation in the last couple of days. With the one method, if you don't run it underneath the drip edge, down into the fascia, then you're not encapsulating the edge of the OSB or plywood that's under there, right? The metal edge with a three-inch flange onto the roof deck and a minimum of two inches down into the gutter, that would conceal the OSB or the plywood. So with that drip edge that you're saying that you will approve, does that drip edge want to go in the gutter or behind the gutter? It would go into the gutter. If it goes behind the gutter, then you have dripping behind the gutter. So So it would go into the gutter. Well, so here's another scenario. So if you're going to be taking the, the capping down, which is a fascia, that's the metal behind the gutter. The way I like to do it is now, if you're doing new roof and you're doing sodding, it, it's a lot easier this way. But what I tell my clients that if you're going to be getting a roof done is to take that gutter down, take the capping down. If you can salvage it, if not, you got to replace it. Take that ice and weather shield about four inches down onto that fascia and then run up continuous, seamless up over top of the plywood where it gets to that edge. And up two layers, it could get you about five and a half feet of of coverage into the roof area. But the most important thing is that ice and weather shield is dropped below that gutter edge. Because what I tell people is we're not stopping ice damming. We're preventing it from coming into the house. That's the big thing. We're managing this water. And if you don't manage it and if you give ice a path to get into that area, it goes. And that's Mm -hmm. what it does. Mm -hmm. So once that ice and weather shield's down, then I put the flashing back up, which is my capping. That's that white material that's going to be behind mm-hmm. your gutter. Mm-hmm. I then put the gutter up. And now I'm I'm safe. The reason why I say that is because all my without, neighbors... Without dropping the drip cap into the gutter. I'm using that fascia as a drip cap. The drip cap's really designed for high... You know, Jeff, you can correct me or Herb wrong. For They usually put it down to for high winds or high velocity of winds. They don't want it to penetrate into the sheathing areas, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, we're protecting the plies of the plywood, yes. And that's what the capping can do, but it's the under underneath of that then I'm stopping that path. I always wanted to stop the path for that to come in because it's going to happen either way. Because all the neighbors, when they were calling me, they said, well, how are we having problems? So I got up on one of the roofs and I kind of showed them, I lifted the shingle and the plywood was actually distorted. The ice penetrated through this little gap, expanded. Well, especially if you have OSB under there, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be mulch. It it can get wet, but it doesn't stop. Ice is going to, once it gets in, it's going to rip apart plywood, Mm -hmm. shingles, anything like that. So we're just preventing that. And all I said, the way I did my house, why I didn't have any problems is because I, I did it correctly. But 
He said, well, the roofer did say to me, it's going to cost more money. And I said, absolutely, it's going to cost more money. But how much, how many times are you doing this roof? Are you going to do it next year or the next couple of years from now? I said, well, no, I'm done. Well, if you have a problem, this is going back in October, if you have a problem, because it hasn't happened over the past couple of years. But I had calls from Texas. They were having ice damming down there. Something very unusual. So it's still good for the whole country to understand if you're in this area where it can get icy, you're going to have a problem. If it's not done right, this is the problem. I just have another question for Herb here. You guys are okay. GAF is okay. If you don't do what Kevin's saying and you just put the drip edge on there and then you drop the drip edge inside the gutter, correct? That's correct. Okay. Makes me feel better. (laughs) But then the other question is, we came up with a workaround. The suggestion was to nip off pieces of the bottom of the drip edge so that the brackets would fit in there. Hidden hangers. And the hangers. And my guy, who was putting it up, and it sounded logical to me, put the hangers behind the drip edge so that he didn't have to snip. Because I thought the snipping would probably, it leads to another path for water to get through, doesn't it? We haven't gotten into what the actual root cause of the ice damming is. What's that? The ice damming, well, it's, it's basically what's happened is a reverse icicle where your gutter uh, is filling up with snow and ice, and during the day you get that melt where it starts tripping into the gutter. The gutter then starts to get colder toward night, and it starts refreezing, and it's refreezing back upwards. Back upwards, and then yeah. that's where it works inside yep. the house. Yep. And with that issue, all I'm trying to do is when I tell my customers that if you're getting a roof done, uh, these steps we're not stopping ice damming. We just got to prevent it from coming into the house. So we're going to manage it like a dam mm-hmm. because it doesn't stop when ice damming happens. It's just that. You don't want that water penetrating in. Most of the time, it's just right on the outer edge of the, the walls. I believe you had that you know, in your place where they just had a little bit of damage when the ice did come in over the course I had it in my garage. Yeah. I had it in my garage. Well, that was before a new roof was put on there. Correct. That's the old roof. Yeah, yeah, correct. So, okay. We got that. And you you just put my mind at ease big time here. So another problem this year, and we had it the other day, it almost knocked you off your feet, are shingles and other components for roof system wind-rated. And I think yours are, aren't they? Yes, they are wind-rated. I think when we spoke the other time, when you tie everything into a system, they get a whole different warranty here. When you use all our components, you know, we, we went to lifetime wind warrant. So really, if you use our, our, let's say, our ridge vent, our starters, our hips, our shingles, our, our full components, you're covered with a better wind warranty. But some manufacturers do only have 25, 30 year on their product, depending on what product it is. So if, if, you, if you don't use the components, you're covered with less of a warranty then, obviously, right? Correct. Okay. Something interesting to keep in mind. I was all over your website uh, to get ready for this interview, and uh, GFN Timberline HDZ shingles are eligible for an industry-first warranty with no maximum wind speed. Now, how is a how is that possible, and does that mean, does that assume that people are going to use all GAF products to put that roof together? No, it doesn't assume they're going to use all our products, but the shingle itself, if they just use a shingle, it is lifetime. The components go with it. But what we did is we, how we manufactured shingles last year. We went to layer lock technology, which basically mechanically fuses the common bond between the two overlapping shingles to create a, a stronger bond. When we did that is what we came up with. It was a larger area. We call it the stripe zone. So basically, there's no no granules on that spot. So when um, we've got really strong adhesive, we call it Duragrip. And that Duragrip sits down on the shingle below it. It's going to seal quicker uh, um, at a much and much stronger than our old shingles. That's how we were able to change to uh, lifetime wind warranty. Well, I would imagine you sell a lot of that along the coast of the country, right? 
Absolutely. Along all the shores, you got it. it it's working out real well. Well, now it's the center of the country, too. I mean, the last couple of weeks uh, here this year with Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, those people need a lot of wind protection down there. Oh, yeah. The roofing stays on the plywood, but the, the roof is off. But so the when roof you see comes that in pictures, the, yeah, yeah. the high winds, it just happens to be that way. When people think, well, I, I said, well, listen, you have 150 mile an hour wind. I wouldn't be worrying too much about the shingles. Your house is going to probably be coming down at that point if you get those high winds into there. And it's not so much the roofing. I mean, it could blow the entire roof structure off at that that high speed. But still, if you're looking at maintaining a good, proper installation, there's going to be no problems with your roofing anyway. Do you actually aid the results of ice damming if you put on gutter guards? Gutter guards can block the flow of water or reduce the flow of water into the gutters. So they could inhibit the amount of moisture that is melting on the roof getting into the gutter and down the drown spot. So they can inhibit the flow, which could increase the possibility of ice damming, yes. Well, I didn't want them because uh, when we took down my old gutters, I just had my roof done, there was nothing in them. Other people in my in my area uh, have they're loaded with leaves. I didn't have that problem, so I didn't want to put the gutter guards on. The other question is, how do you drop the drip edge inside the gutter if you got gutter guards on there? That's a trick oh, question. Well, that's a trick question. Yeah. It depends. Yeah. <laughs> what comes first, the chicken or the egg? You know, chicken and egg. The yeah. Guards on. Yeah. So if you're going to do your gutters that way, you probably don't want gutter guards, right? Absolutely. Not. I would agree with that. Because uh, it complicates putting the puzzle together, doesn't it? It does. Okay. Well, I opted out of the gutter guards. No gutter guards for me. Tell them I'm pleading the fifth. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we we cover the uh, the the business of ice shields and ice damming. I think Kevin answered this question: If applied properly, can ice shield prevent water damage from ice damming? If the answer would be yes, correct. Well, that's the whole thing. That's what we're we're here for is to educate the consumers to make sure your roof is doing it right the first way. Yeah. And I and I talked to Jeff about this a couple of times. No matter what product you use, no matter what you use, if it's not installed correctly, you're going to have problems. It's going to have even it's if you have, have these, problems, the yeah. HTZ, a great product. I I have all this on my house. And Jeff, I showed you the pictures. If I put two nails in that roofing shingle and keep moving on three nails and skipping nails, and it's not properly installed by GF specifications, there could be problems. The, the right. product that they make is designed and to work perfectly upon perfect installation. And that's what the roofers need to do. So it's a little bit further uh, going into the detail of that roofing. GAF's done their part. They've got the product. I put it on my house personally because I love the product. I've been using them since back uh, Yeah, the I like your product line. I was on, I, I took a, look, a big look at the product line on your website. Well, wider gutters, and I just did this. I went from fours to sixes, right? Well, wider Five, gutters five. help prevent ice damming or help you in any way? No, they increase it, but they can answer. Do that they one. increase it? Because you get holds more ice. Well, right? yeah, that's it's working its way back up. You don't have gutters; it's just drawing off the roof, and it's done. You're going to get ice cycles. Let me ask you this: Does GF sell any type of heating uh, system to put into gutters? No, we don't. But they they do work, don't they? The heaters they do work in a limited area, and depending on how they're installed, if they're installed properly, you don't want to fasten in through the. The shingles and make uh, holes on no. those fasteners. It's like Christmas vacation. So they, they can be problematic, yes. <laughs> yes. So, Herb, here, i got a question for you. This is a couple of my listeners wanted me to ask you this question. They've they seen it on uh, either YouTube or something like that where they were talking about taking a stocking and filling it with that salt, that stuff that melts the ice. Uh, and they said what they want you to do is to put it onto your roof and let it just sit there for a week or so while it's just melting the ice. I started laughing. If you ever grab that stuff, you always have to wear gloves because it's burning your hands. What does that do to the shingles if somebody does that? 
the calcium chloride will not damage the shingles. Okay. And I've seen it done. And 25 years ago when I was a contractor, I did it as well. When you used to be able to buy the pantyhose in the, in the little mm-hmm. legs, cut, cut the legs, fill it with uh, calcium chloride and throw it on the roof, and it will pass through the gutter to allow the water to dissipate into the uh, dra- drainage system. All right, so it's not going to harm the shingle whatsoever? It's not going to harm the shingle, no, the calcium chloride. Now, rock salt can cause damage, but it's calcium chloride that you buy, the the white chips will not damage the shingles. Well, that's good news. Okay. Yeah, because I, I wanted to hear that from GF to make sure everybody understands. I said, listen, I'm getting the guys from GF one. They're going to be able to answer the question because they're the ones manufacturing the products. So good answer. Good answer. Good yeah. answer. Good answer. Good advice. Okay. Should somebody replace their gutters when they replace their roof? It is the best practice, as we discussed earlier. Then you can get a, a good look at your fascia board, replace any uh, rotted fascia from a moisture that had gotten behind. So in the best practice, it, it is always good to inspect and replace as necessary. Now, I notice a lot of a lot of places that I look at that are stucco clad, there is not like a um, an easy beat or whatever between the stucco and the shingles. What works best? Should there be an easy beat or a caulk? caulk line between the shingles and the, and the stucco or even uh, siding stucco and the and the step flashings are being reused as we discussed previously Correct. and they're in good condition you don't need it but as the belt and suspenders you can put a coffee down it by all means okay all right good 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 yeah the whole objective is to keep that water from penetrating inside the house that, that's the bottom line but they are right there's some areas where you're not going to be able to do that but then you you go back to telling the people that it all comes down to how was that stucco applied from the beginning? If there was some proper underlayments down and everything was done correctly, uh, you're probably going to be in good shape because you can't get to that area. Because, like I said, if you ripped out stucco, you got uh, pulling that stuff you and, right? Can problems occur with an improperly installed ridge vent? Number one, and should a fan upstairs would that prolong the life of shingles? It depends on the situation. Um, can ridge vent be installed improperly? Absolutely. A lot of guys, if they're using our mesh or somebody else's mesh, they're overdriving the nail. So they're taking that ventilation. Let's say it's you know 12.4 per linear foot uh, ventilation. When they're squeezing that, they're really closing the ventilation, or they're not cutting um, they're not cutting the ridge in wide enough, you know, to allow the proper airflow out. As far as um, the fans. We say you don't want a mixed system. We don't want to see uh, snow country up on your roof and then a power fan two feet down because what you're doing is uh, your ridge vents act as an intake and you're sucking the air in through the ridge and it's going out the po- uh, power fan so that bottom air stagnant, not moving up. Good point. That's, That's an excellent point. Yeah. Okay. Does JAF certify roofing contractors? We've got a couple different programs out there. We're, um, we have certified installers, master elite, and what we do is we'll bring our contractors in and actually do hands-on demonstrations to make sure these guys know how we want all of our components installed. As we said, it's not just the shingle. It's really the components. So we will definitely certify crews and um, contractors. Then they can use some of warranties other than a standard warranty we have a system plus and a golden pledge warranty which really protects the homeowners so they can find lists of these people on your website the website does it does just list our master elite installers we have a lot of other installers besides master elite but each of the contractors has a certification number that a homeowner can type in and you know that contractor will pop up if they're affiliated with us so there's a certain amount of surety there that you're getting the right person for that job yes what are the uh, really key products in the line? Uh, give us a rundown. 
So as far as the system, I mean, most, most contractors out there are uh, using the Timberline HTC, and then they're using our um, ProStart starters or our weather blocker starting. Depending on what product they use, weather blocks for a wider shingle, uh, you need a wider starter. Then we carry three different underlayments. We carry felt buster, tiger paw, deck armor. Then you've got your ice and water, weather watcher, storm guard, and your ridge. We make cobra or snow country, so they're picking one of those. And then your hip and ridge is our seal ridge or timber tax. So basically, we've got different choices for different contractors. And GAF has been out there for a long time, haven't you? Well, we've been out for over 100 25 years. 125 yes. years. That's a, a big company making that. That's a big statement. Yeah, right for around when company. you were born. Right huh? 125 years. Yeah, back, right back to my birthday, yeah. <laughs> Not exactly. <laughs> Go ahead, Ken. Yeah, so, hey, Jeff, I, I really appreciate you coming on talking about this. Uh, Herb, same thing. We really get into detail for our listeners to make sure that they know they're getting the right roofing contract and the right product. I know I've, uh, uh, Herb, I don't, I, I've never met you before, but I know Jeff uh, speaks very highly of you, and I've been, I go a long way back with Jeff. Uh, we won't go into detail of the good times that we had just talking about some great product and uh, using their product. But I did it through my house. I've done all my properties have the GF product on it, and that's why I wanted to get Jeff on the, the air to talk about some of the great things that uh, GF's doing and how to really get the best contractor for your job. Yeah, absolutely. Great job, guys. Thank you very much for taking the time. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank hey, you. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Well, thanks for coming on Your Valuable Home Podcast. We appreciate it. That's this week's podcast. Your Valuable Home comes to you every week on the new Pod City Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, and all other popular podcast directories. If you want us to share your home improvement project or horror story, email me at kevin at yourvaluablehome.net. That's kevin at yourvaluablehome.net. And don't forget to tell your friends and family about Your Valuable Home, the weekly podcast that's all about building wealth in residential real estate and hiring the right contractor to do the right job at the right price. 